Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. As we begin a new year here at WABC Talk Radio 77 with James Golden, yes, Mr. Snerdly, you are welcome to join our program. 800-848-WABC is the number to call, 800-848-9222. And we have so much. Ladies and gentlemen, to begin this year with, um, perhaps you were among the many families in not only just the tri-state area, but around the country, who had an unexpected guest over the Christmas holidays. Well, one of the unexpected guests, one was Omicron, showed up in many houses, unannounced, unexpected. The other was the Delta, and trying to figure out which one was which was, uh, yeah. I had my experience with COVID, too, so I'm not going to try to focus on it except to say it wasn't fun. And, yes, I was vaccinated, so it's a breakthrough case. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, there is uh, a good place to start, and that is we are in the week of January 6th. And by the time this week is over, you're going to be sick about hearing January 6th. I'm sick about hearing January 6th already. The House of Representatives is not in session this week. They will continue their vacation, yet on January 6th, Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats are making a full-blown circus of the anniversary of what they're calling the insurrection that will take place at the Capitol. And this is all you are reading about in certain circumstances, how much they want to link it now to voting rights, this new voting rights measure that, came out of nowhere, for those of you that have been following uh, news out of the Senate since last year. You remember, just go back, remember, before Christmas, what were they all talking about? They were all talking about Build Back Better, and Build Back Better flopped because they couldn't get Joe Manchin to go along with it. So now they're not talking about Build Back Better, Build Back Better. They're talking about, oh, we have to have a defeat of the Senate filibuster rules just this one time. Oh, just this once. Oh, because democracy, you see, democracy is threatened. And democracy is threatened unless we get this, this voting rights bill. And, and, and we need voting rights. And you have Joe Biden, who's made a lot of noise about democracy being threatened if the Democrats don't get their way. You have stories out of the mainstream, the corrupt mainstream press. Um, one today is, let's see, the source of this was the Trib. Uh, Biden's words on voting rights meet call to action after 1-6. Well, what, what does that headline mean? Uh, it means after they get through beating your brains in with this business of the insurrection on the 1-6 anniversary, on, during which they're going to try to make Donald Trump public enemy number one, and you've already had Liz Cheney out during the week doing what Liz Cheney does best, demanding that Donald Trump never be allowed to set foot near the White House again. I would love it if in November voters decide that Liz Cheney will not be allowed to set foot in Congress the following January ever again. But that's another matter. Oh, yeah, we got to do that today, too. I'm sorry, I'm cutting myself off. AOC, I know. She's out partying. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coronavirus is 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 the cases have exploded in New York. They've exploded all over. We're looking in some cases at four hundred plus thousand new cases per day. And AOC is not with her New York peeps. She's down hanging out in drag bars in South Florida and claiming that Republican men want to Republican wanted politicians want to do her. I don't know how else to put it. Well, I do know how else to put it, but it would be crude. Um, she claims that Republican men want to do her. And since they can't do her, they make fun of her boyfriend's sandals, something like that. But anyway, she's been caught maskless a number of times. And there are a number of news outlets who've gone back and looked at the coverage of everybody that's been taken to account, mostly Republicans from being at public events mass list. And, of course, the questions are, why isn't AOC held to the same account? Because she's a Democrat celebrity. That's why. And that's what she is. She is more of a celebrity now than she is a congresswoman. Recorded without a mask in a densely packed bar in Miami, the large crowd at the drag bar, most of whom were also without a mask, applauded the congresswoman as she waved to them. That's a Fox News story. Well, by the way, Florida is free. They're not like you in New York. They're not like us in New York. And if you listen to Rudy coming out, and and we all should, Rudy was fired up because of this insane, insane policy put in place by the unelected Governor Hochul that says black people get treated first on COVID. And if you're white, just get to the back of the bus. This is just clearly unconstitutional, as Rudy pointed out. It is clearly immoral. But yet this is the law, according to Governor Hochul. And this is how Democrats in this city, in this state, are implementing COVID law on the basis of racial identity. People are nuts. So it doesn't matter whether you are severity of case. How, how do you need to get treated? Do you need testing? doesn't matter how severe your illness is. What matters, do you have the right skin color in New York? Because we're going to be progressive and we're going to, I guess, make up for past historic sins against black people by letting New York black people get the COVID test first and telling white people, hey, if you've got COVID, just go over there in the corner somewhere. If you don't die, come back tomorrow. If you don't die, come back next week. If you do die, we don't care about you because you're white. This is absolutely it's at these people do not deserve political power. Miss Hochul does not deserve to be running New York State. She is a blatant racist. And her actions are not only inconsistent with the American ideal, they are inconsistent with American law for equal treatment under the law for American citizens. Where is the ACLU hauling Miss Hochul's butt to court to demand that she explain herself for this outrageous policy? So you've got that. There is, if you are traveling and you already know this, 
which I'm going to tie all of this together in a moment and ask you a question. If you are traveling, what a nightmare. Snowstorms, as you know, we're expecting some snow here, so enjoy it before the snow comes. Washington got snowed out last night. President Biden had to sit on the plane, Air Force One, because they didn't plow the runways. They couldn't get off. So he had to sit for over a half an hour waiting. He and the crew, as he came back from his big vacation in Delaware, back to the White House. How's that, that the President of the United States plane is coming in and nobody bothered to plow the runway? I don't understand that, but okay, that's what happened. Uh, There's so much, my friends, that doesn't make sense in any of this. But if you are traveling, the number of flights that have been canceled over the last two weeks Now we have peak illnesses again, robbing airlines, not just airlines, robbing schools, robbing every business industry of workers because they're out with COVID again. We are entering in the third year of COVID. We are entering in year number three of COVID. Now remember how the media the corrupt mainstream media lined up against President Trump for his entire, entire last year in office due to, they said, they said, they said, not reality, they said, his inept handling of the COVID disaster. Well, where are the stories right now? Where are the gang, the wolf gang packs of reporters circling the Biden administration? with their complete disarray on how to deal with COVID. COVID is now making a comeback that we haven't seen since the beginning days in terms of numbers. Now, thankfully, there aren't as many deaths that are being reported due to Omicron, but there are deaths that are happening. But where is the criticism of the Biden administration for the things that they have done? And the Democrat governors, as you heard Rudy said, denying basic therapeutic treatments for people on the basis of politics. Denying other people testing now in New York on the basis of race. Where is the reporting on how inept this administration and Democrat governors, like this unelected Hochul in New York, have been? In Rhode Island, there's not a shift. Remember a few weeks ago, Democrats were all up and and happy because they were able to start firing people that didn't take the vaccine? Well, it turns out now that in some states, they want people that have COVID to come in and work. They want them to come in and work in the health care profession because there are not enough people anymore and now they don't care all of a sudden whether you're vaccinated or not now it's like oh if you have covid come in we can put you in and we can put those of you that have covid to work with people that have covid all of a sudden the issue whether you're vaccinated or not in their minds has slipped down a few notches because this last surge has happened so rapidly and so many people have been affected by it WABC Talk Radio 77 in New York. James Golden, we have 
a lot more to cover. And later in the show, I've debated doing this. I think we're going to start on Mondays doing a mission statement. The Monday mission statement. And that will come up toward the end of the show because, folks, this is a seminal year in American politics. And if you are serious, if you take politics seriously, then we need to remind ourselves of the multiple objectives that we have to accomplish this year. Number one, and this is just a hint for number one, the House and the Senate, but there's a lot more to it than that. 800-848-WABC, 800-848-WABC. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurdy with you. We are back in a moment. Oh, knows politics. And so much more. A true connection to real New York on 77 WABC. WABC Talk Radio 77. Crown Jewel of American Radio, James Golden, a.k.a. Mr. Snurley here with you. And we are going to head to the telephones uh, soon. I want to cover a few stories. Um, there's, an, there's a story out of Zero Hedge that is just worth noting. Uh, the death rate, and in, uh, this is in a life insurance CEO, says the death rate is up 40% for people aged 18 to 64. The death rate for those aged 18 to 64 has risen an astonishing 40% over pre-pandemic levels, according to the CEO of Indianapolis-based insurance company One America. What we're seeing right now is the highest death rate we've seen in the history of this business, not just at One America. This is what Scott Davidson says. This is a $100 billion insurance company. They've been in operation since 1877, over 2,400 employees. And he says this death rate now represents huge, huge numbers. And that is, and I don't want to conflate that with what's going on with Omicron, but we all know that COVID is the reason behind this. And this is the point that I wanted to make earlier to tie the loop on all of these things. We are in the third year of a disease that could have, could have, and uh, so don't report me to Twitter so they can kick me off like they did Congresswoman uh, MTG, who's now been banned for life. And, you know, every day you read more and more about Google and Facebook or these other social media sites kicking people off permanently because it's, whether they be doctors who have an opposing view about something with COVID or whether they be Congresswomen, they're just, the censorship is just out of control with the left. If you don't talk their party line, they will throw you off their social media sites. And there should be a political response to these political actions. A political response is needed for these political censorship moves. And I don't care whether you like MTG or not. I don't care whether you like Joe Rogan or not. I don't care whether you like any of these people or not. They have every right to have their voices heard in the public square of debate and let people make up their own minds. But at any rate, we are now in the third year, third year of this disease that some people believe may have come from an accidental or not transmission 
of a virus that started in Wuhan, China. China, as a nation, has yet to be held accountable for their failing to bring the attention how contagious the initial COVID was to the rest of the world. There were all sorts of stories at the time about their wrongdoing, withholding that information, and how the WHO, the World Health Organization, basically gave China, the the nation, the communist Chinese, cover for not alerting the world quickly enough to the scary nature of this. But the point is, we are three years later, and there is no political move by any country on Earth, no political movement coming out of Western or Eastern Europe, no political move coming out of the United States of America to say, we want the truth. When you have senators like Rand Paul, who are demanding to know whether gain-of-function research was indeed part of the story behind this COVID, they are being shut down. He has sent information over to the Department of Justice asking that Dr. Anthony Fauci's role in gain-of-function research and what he testified to be looked at. The DOJ has ignored him. That is because it is the Democrat Party Department of Justice. The Department of Justice does not work for the people of the United States. It works as an agency in the government for the Democrat Party. We need accountability. There needs to be someone that actually explains to the world how this disease emanated, how it was allowed to spread, and if China was a bad actor, then what is China going to do to at least make some level of amends for the economic ruination that this disease has brought with it? Nothing can ever make up for the level of deaths that have been associated with this disease. And I don't see anyone right now that has the political will to demand that we take the lead in confronting China over it. In fact, I see the exact opposite. They're kowtowing to China at every single every single turn. Okay. There is BizPack Review. John Doherty today has a piece uh, written by, and this is worth living, New Yorkers. This is written by a New Yorker, lifelong New Yorker. She posts a sad Twitter ode on the post-pandemic Big Apple. She says New Yorker is the shadow of its former self. As, as a born and raised New Yorker, I've never even considered living anywhere else. Raising my kids here, best gift and privilege I could give them. But last night as I tucked my son into bed just after the ball dropped, I was overwhelmed by sadness and guilt. That's what this user in Twitter, Elizabeth, wrote. And then she went on to explain for the sadness to see that there has not been normal life in New York City for years. Now, Eric Adams is out saying we're no longer going to wallow in this COVID business. We are going to swagger and we're going to put. And yes, you know what? New York City is not dead And all these stories in the beginning about how this would change the city forever, I don't believe it. We're New Yorkers, folks. But this is a a great article worth reading to get the sentiments of one of your fellow New Yorkers who articulated what many of us are thinking and feeling here. 
Uh, Columbia University researchers are estimating that infections could top out sometime during next week. Before we leave, I'm going to go visit, revisit this business of January 6th. You're not going to hear the end of it. It's weak. Remember, tomorrow, Mark Stein is with us as our regular Tuesday guest. Later in the week, we're going to have Princess Di re- rejoin us for her first visit, policy of the new year. Right now, let's start on the telephones. Good afternoon, Rich. Where do we start? Happy New Year, Rich. Well, Happy New Year to you, too, James. Good afternoon, and good to hear you back. Welcome back. I hope you had a great vacation. Yeah, I was COVID. <laughs> I, I hear you. My wife has COVID, too. So, Oh, man, I'm sorry. You, you, know, what, you know what I did, though? That One thing that was funny, I will tell you this without getting into details. I had great arguments with my furniture. Well, there you go. That's always good. And you yeah. won them all, I bet. No, my furniture was lying to me. It was a, that was my COVID experience. Okay, where do we start? Well, let us start in Bayside this afternoon and say hi to Sherry. Sherry, welcome WABC Talk Radio 77. How are you? Good. How are you most of all? Uh, I'm great, Sherry. Thank you. Okay, listen, I'm Ty. I know the COVID is vitally important and dangerous, but I'm tired of hearing about it. But what about inflation? What about our poor Americans and the people that help them still in Afghanistan? What about the borders? What about the people coming in from the borders not being tested? What is happening? Well, you know, interesting, interesting, interesting that you said that, Sherry, because all of those other things are what real Americans like yourself are experiencing every day. You're still shopping. You're still going into the stores and seeing what inflation is doing to your pocketbook. Uh, there was a news story the other day during the holiday weekend about those people that are still trapped in Afghanistan despite Joe Biden's promise to bring them home. It didn't get much play. But, yes, people do recognize that they're still there. Look, this is 2022, and so this is the year that we can and I'm going to talk about this right before with the close of the show today. We have to be on a mission this year. So we're going to do a mission statement later. This is the mission for this year. All of these things that you just pointed out, they matter and they matter a lot. I hear what you say. You're tired of just hearing about COVID, COVID, because there's more. I maintain that we have to get to the bottom of COVID. And in doing so, if we do not, if we let China get away with what they've done to the world, we're pretty much saying that China is the superpower of the world and none of our other countries matter. That's my view on it. So I really appreciate the call, Sherry. James Golden at Case Nerdly. We're back with you right after this. Entertaining and informative. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, is on the air. 77 WABC. Like a moth to a flame burned by the fire. 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 My love is blind. Can't you see my desire? That's the way love goes. That is the way love goes. Anybody that's been in love knows. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly with you here. We start a new year. Glad you're along with us and hope to have you here each and every day. WABC Talk Radio 77. We are the crown jewel of American radio, folks. This is the place. This radio station you grew up with, the radio station you love. 
There is a story, and I referred to this earlier, and for shorthand, because we have this hour, I'm going to refer you to the story. If you want to look it up and read it in detail, please feel free. Uh, this this is an AP story. I found it on the AP on the ABC News site, um, abcnews.com. Slow motion insurrection: How GOP seizes election power. Now, this is an important story, folks. This story ran on December thirtieth at one forty-seven in the morning. Okay. In the six weeks leading up to the deadly insurrection at the U.S. Capitol, this is how they start. Well-known politicians, obscure local bureaucrats, stood up to block then-President Donald Trump's unprecedented attempt to overturn a free and fair vote of the American people. That's how they start. In battleground states and beyond, Republicans, Republicans, those evil, evil Republicans are taking hold of the once-overlooked machinery of elections. Say what? Let me repeat that. In battleground states and beyond, meaning in states that Republicans own the state, but they're these blue cities where where things happen, right? So that's what they're talking about. In battleground states and beyond, Republicans are taking hold of the once-overlooked machinery of elections. Well, who was overlooking this machinery? Democrats have running have been running these little elections all to themselves. And all of a sudden, Republicans want in. Republicans are saying, wait a minute. We don't trust the, the people here running it. And... This is what the AP is warning and Democrats. While the effort is incomplete and uneven, outside experts on democracy, who are the outside experts on democracy? Name them. Who are they? While the effort is incomplete and uneven, outside experts on democracy, unnamed experts on democracy, and Democrats are sounding alarms warning that the United States is witnessing a slow-motion insurrection with a better chance of success than Trump's failed power grab last year. They point to a mounting list of evidence. Several candidates who deny Trump's loss are running for offices that could have a key role in the election of the next president. Oh, so if there's Trump supporters... And they're running, which is legal, which is what a response should be. All of a sudden now, they're a threat to democracy, according to the Associated Press. And this this article goes on and on. They call on some guy from Harvard, a political scientist, author of How Democracies Die. And supposedly, you see, because Trump people are running, Trump supporters are running, to finally get into the lower levels of politics, the political machinery that Democrats have been owning for years. So all of a sudden, now that someone's challenging Democrats, it's a slow motion insurrection, and it's not fair, and our very democracy is at stake. This is the kind of drivel that you get from AP as standard reporting these days. 
It is nothing but political drivel. And now you have Chuck Schumer saying the Senate is going to vote on January 17th on changing the filibuster rules if the GOP continues to block voting rights legislation. This voting rights legislation is a sham. All it is is trying to give Democrats more and more control over red states that they lost. That's all this is. They want the DOJ to be able to go in and overturn the will of Republican voters. That is what Democrats want. And they're demanding that the filibuster be put aside for one time only. Otherwise, democracy's in danger. Oh, no, we can't have that. I say, you know what? They keep threatening this filibuster thing. Do it. Do it, Chucky. Do it. Have the gonads. Do it. Take the vote. You guys, go ahead and you get rid of the filibuster. And I'll tell you what, if you think you're going to get rid of it for one time and one time only, you're wrong. Let's get rid of it because your asses are getting out of power in November. And if you want to see what it's like not having a filibuster and being in the minority, go ahead and do it. January 17th, do it. Stop talking about it and just do it. And Joe Biden, pathetic. You keep talking about democracy and what, how democracy is at stake. If, the, if democracy is at stake, you owe it to the citizens of the United States to spell out why. Stop using catchphrases. Lay it out. Do a nationwide address and tell Americans how Republicans are trying to steal democracy. Put it on the table. Telephones, where are we going, Rich? We are going to head out to the island and say hi to Linda. Linda, welcome to WABC Talk Radio 77 with James Golden. Thank you. That was excellent. What you just said was excellent. I called about the insurrection, but I have to, uh, I heard you and I have to ask you what's wrong with you. Why are you talking to your furniture? The correct way is you talk, you talk to yourself. That's what I do. Oh, and that's acceptable. Yeah. A psychologist said it's acceptable and it helps a lot. You know, next time, no furniture. Well, I couldn't help it. I mean, I was in the middle of this whole COVID thing. Right. And mm-hmm. I was in the middle of it, this was the weirdest thing. And and I was arguing with my furniture and the furniture was lying to me. And Hi. then. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> that was good. Very good. Uh, so that was my COVID experience. Right. So that was my COVID experience. Linda, thank you for the call. I so appreciate you. You don't know how the right way to do it. Okay. Next time. All right. Now I called about the insurrection. Right. Now, as a matter of fact, you mentioned the, the DOJ before, but at which, uh, you know, of course they were obviously wrong, but they were actually right. They said that officially, this was not an insurrection. They said it um, because they couldn't link any. They really couldn't. You know, they investigated. They couldn't link anyone. So how are they allowed to go? The uh, Congress and what's the name? Uh, uh, Pelosi came out. Uh, who? No, the one that just came out. Yeah, the one that just came out with that. It just showed that uh, yesterday, today. You know, the Republican who hates Trump. Uh, oh, you're talking about Liz Cheney. Yeah, Liz Cheney. 
Yeah, let's tell you, how are they allowed to go over all over the news and say that this was an insurrection when they just said that officially it was not? I mean, how can Because no that? one's going to do what you just did, which is to call them to account, call Liz Cheney out. Look, the voters of Wyoming are going to decide for us in November whether Liz Cheney stays or goes. And um, we have to do everything we can between now and November to make sure that help voters reach the right decisions on some of these. But you're absolutely right, Linda. Appreciate the call. Where do we go next, Rich? We're going to go over to Long Island City now and say hi to Bobby. Bobby, welcome to WABC. What is on your mind this afternoon? Um, You keep talking about democracy. You keep talking about democracy and democracy. This country's not a democracy. It's a federal republic. And there was definitely no insurrection on the 6th. And they need to do an investigation on Pelosi. She's in charge of the Capitol security. She turned down Trump for 20,000 or 10,000 National Guard. She didn't have her police on guard. I saw a video of police waving people in. I saw people in the bushes changing out of their clothes into Trump shit. And nobody's talking about it. And I'm talking. Okay. Yeah, I think we said, I think you said Trump stuff there, but okay, listen, you're going to be hearing all this week about January 6th, and I'm telling you it's just the beginning. On January 6th, I am not, I promise you, tune in here. We are not going to spend all day talking about January 6th and this so called insurrection. We have to cover it as part of the news. We're not going to ignore a news story, but that's not all we're going to focus on. Guaranteed. Where do we go next, Rich? We're going to go to Middle Village and speak with Glenn. Glenn, welcome. WABC Talk Radio 77. What's on your mind? Hello, Glenn. Goodbye, Glenn. Tell you what we do. Let's take a break. I see Gracie is hanging out there. I want to say hello to Gracie. Let's let's talk to Gracie real quick before we go to a break, Rich. Gracie. How are you, Gracie? Why did I call? Thank you for defending Trump. I am getting so disgusted with Republicans that say, oh, yeah, he did a good job, but I don't want to hear them anymore. They make me sick. He did a wonderful job. Stick to your guns. Just any policy he did was good. One, for example, the the illegals had to register in Mexico before they came over. Now, how the heck are we supposed to get rid of the COVID if a million people are coming over, or 100,000 or 200,000? Right, Bo? And these are questions, Gracie, that you raise that our corrupt media should be raising but never do, and we all see it. And thank you so much. That's right. And now let me mention something to you. Let me mention this to you, Gracie. We got to run to a break. Let me mention something to you. This week, there was also a news story that most of you, I guarantee, didn't see. It was about a new law that is coming to effect now. The law was that hospitals will no longer be able to spring surprise bills on you. 
after you leave the hospital, then you go home and you get a bill with all kinds of things you never expected in it. No one ever told you it was going to happen. You know, you know who came up with that? That was Donald Trump. The law goes to an effect now. The way the New York Times cover it, they acknowledge that it was Trump. Oh, but Joe Biden tweaked it. Joe Biden didn't do a damn thing. This was all Donald Trump. And it is a law that's going to have major impact on everybody. President Trump did so many things right and so many things that will affect this country for the good. And he deserves a lot more credit. Rich Lowry had a column the other day. When is Trump going to get an apology over COVID? Especially seeing now what Joe Biden's done to screw everything up. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurdly, WABC, back with you right after this. Welcome to the golden age of radio. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, is on 77 WABC. The other half of the Ruffin Brothers. Anybody, anybody that grew up listening to the Temptations knows David Ruffin's voice. And this is his brother, Jimmy. We all know this song, What Becomes of the Brokenhearted. As I walk this land of broken dreams, I have visions. WABC Talk Radio 77. There is a story, my friends, in the Washington Post that is also worth your... This is an opinion piece. And maybe I'll save part of this uh, to see whether Mark Stein wants to comment on this tomorrow. Because the G- the GOP grip on states is becoming a horror show. This is what the Washington Post says. Some Democrats see a way out. You see, Republicans are winning. And to Democrats and, the, and to the Washington Post, it's a horror show that Republicans actually win elections. And there's a new report out by this Democrat PAC group about how desperate things are for Democrats. And so they're looking for ways to counter Republican victories. This is what they say is the threat to democracy. You winning elections. You are the threat to democracy. Yeah. Okay. Telephone. We have time for one more call. Then I'm going to do a mission statement. Okay. Where are we going? Uh, we will try again. Glenn has called back, so let's go to Glenn in Middle Village. Middle Village, Glenn, welcome. How are you, how are you Bo, Mr. Bo? I, I am the uh, the correction officer from Middle Village who, they didn't take my flag. They now. didn't take your flag. I, I love you, buddy. And, and you're, that was back when liberals were rioting out in Middle Village, and they left your flag alone even though they were swiping other people's flags. Well, we know why they didn't take mine, but I have to ask you a question now. I know you're a voracious reader, so I don't know if this is right, but who is the first person of color to be the vice president of the United States? Oh, I'd have to go back and look and make sure that there's no nuance um, because there have been. Go ahead. I would say it's not Harris. I would say it's Charles Curtis. This is what I've read because you can't believe everything you read. Herbert Hoover's vice president was a Native American. Well, and, you know, Herbert Hoover gets overlooked a lot, by the way, because Republicans wanted to disown him. And people don't, that 
Anybody, I, I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm glad you brought this up. I couldn't care what the color of the person was. I mean, yeah, but. They were a good person. Ex- exactly. Glenn, thanks for the call. I appreciate that. Um, you know, Herbert Hoover, I read a biography of Herbert Hoover, and people forget why he was elected president. He, this man, led a transformational life. He's remembered for the Depression, but Herbert Hoover was so much more than that, and he was one of the first real conservatives. Aha! He was, Coolidge was too. When you go back in history, we all think that conservatism started with, uh, with Ronald Reagan, a lot of us. Let me tell you something. There were some Republicans, Herbert Hoover among them, and Calvin Coolidge, whose principles in conservatism were just as powerful as Ronald Reagan. Look, before we get out of here today, folks, I, we're going to do this, I think, on Mondays, do a mission statement. This is 2022. Now, I maintain that politics is not everything. There are so many important things in life. Your family, the time that you get to spend with your family, the time those of you that are lucky enough to have your loved ones around you and lucky enough to be in love with people that are in love with you and you have a life together and you do things together, those are the things that are really important. Those are the things that you're going to remember in life. Those are the things that will carry on after us. But for many of us, politics is so important. We are at a final year. If we play politics right this year, the trajectory of the United States can change for the better. What does it mean? It means that we have to play hardball. We have to, this year, when the November elections come, displace Democrats from the House of Representatives and from the Senate. But... There are 13 Republicans that need to go. They need to be primaried out. These are the 13 Republicans that gave Joe Biden's administration a political lifeline. Why is that important? Because the havoc that this Biden administration is running across America could have been muted if Democrats and Republicans, 13 of them, did not throw him a lifeline by voting for this phony infrastructure bill that is going to deliver more money in socialist welfare programs than fixing the infrastructure, which this country is in bad need of infrastructure repairs. Those 13 need to be called to account. Apparently, the Republican Party does not have the political will to make sure that these 13 rhino Republicans are held accountable to their vote. I am going to spend part of Monday's on Monday's mission statement over the course between now and November going through who every single one of these people are and why they need to go and if they have primary challengers. We're also going to talk about the other elections that matter. Some of them are in this quote-unquote overlooked machinery of elections that the AP is talking about, that Trump supporters are running for. This is a huge 
year. We need to be clear on our mission. Our mission should be to make sure that the Republicans not only win the House of of Representatives and win the Senate, but that Republicans who win are actual conservatives who will vote the way that they tell us they will vote. Now, one of these conservatives is on Staten Island. I don't want to mention her name right now, but she claims, oh, I voted for that infrastructure bill because we're going to get money for it. Really? So you sold out your party because you think that the Democrats are going to give you 30 pieces of silver for Staten Island. And that's how you decided you were going to vote to hand Joe Biden and the Democrat Party a lifeline. We could have already neutered this administration had Republicans stood shoulders to shoulder with each other and said, no, we are not voting for this. This was a political calculation. And to me, it is a litmus test. You don't deserve to be in power claiming to be a conservative Republican, telling the world that you are a conservative when you hand the Biden administration their biggest victory so far. There were 13 Republicans that are ever much a problem as Democrats are, and we need to ensure that by the time the elections are held in November, that every one of these 13 rhinos are gone. That is the political mission statement, Monday mission statement. More to come. Mark Stein joins us tomorrow. I'm back with you tomorrow. James Golden, a.k.a. Mr. Snurdly, WABC Talk Radio 77. We live in the great New York, the greatest city in America, America, of course, the greatest nation that humanity has ever witnessed. God bless and protect you and your families. Glad to be back with you as we start another year. See you tomorrow.